This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey, uh, just FYI here, my timing is going to be a tiny bit off because you said three, two, one, and then it clicked and it didn't start. And so, sorry, Michael, you'll have to adjust it. Yeah, that's my fine. B. That's fine. My bad, right. dude. My bad. Hey, everybody. I got, uh, welcome, I got pink eye. Welcome to episode 153. Michael, you do have one. You do have some pink eye there. Oh, man, that's the worst. Hay fever. It's horrible. Hay fever. Is that what it is you said? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hay fever. So, like, I've got hay fever, then I'm rubbing my eyes. Yep. And... Once once you start, you can't stop. Yep. Like, it's like Pringles, but not fun Pringles. So, <laughs> but not as fun. It's like Pringles, but not as fun because mm-hmm. you can't eat hay yeah, fever. Salty deliciousness no. of Pringles. That is that is right. So, no, you call them crisps, don't, don't you? You don't call them chips. You call them crisps or something like that. Uh, I mean, I call them crisps mostly to be facetious, but I think oh. generally speaking, we call them. Um, we just call them chips here. So. Okay. I thought chips were like which fries, is, which, but you know, whatever. Well, yeah, it's kind of implicit implicit knowledge here, which is interesting because when I was, I think the first or second time I went to Dis- Disneyland and mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, you can get a hot dog and chips. And they handed me like a packet of crisps. I'm like, what? Mm. What? <laughs> what? What is it? No, where are my fries? Because apparently yeah, like you don't they, do that. You just get a hot dog and a packet of chips. I'm like, right. what? It's contextual. Like Who if wants- you say chips, but you typically would receive fries, then you mean fries, right? It's like you don't actually mean chips, but people but- in the US don't get that. They think <laughs> if you say chips, you mean the chips. Yeah, yeah I got but, that. I got but, but like like who who wants to eat a packet of of crisps with a hot dog? Like oh, I get, I, I'm with you. I'm with oh, you on that, just- man. Hey, by the way, next time you're in uh, the Midwest, you got to get yourself a Chicago dog, and and a Coney dog. dog. Bro, Coney dogs are where it's at, man. <laughs> Coney dogs are amazing. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'll take your word for it. Hey, um, this is uh, this is what everybody's here for. This is the content everybody's here for to talk about. You know, the different cultural blending of mm-hmm. Australia and U.S. and all the fun things we get to talk about. How we, uh, you know, are understanding each other's languages here. Yeah. Yep, that is okay. Well, anyway, yeah, this is episode one fifty three. So, for any of you who were hoping to tune into the Laravel News podcast, this is it. We just took a quick little detour. Now we're back on the main road. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we were supposed to record last night, but Michael fell asleep. Oh my gosh, I was like texting him, like Michael, bro, Mm. like what are you doing, falling asleep in the middle of the day? What's wrong with what an embarrassment? What an embarrassment! So embarrassing. I have. I mean, (laughs) who falls asleep like that when you have? Do you know if I fell asleep in the middle of the day, I probably would never wake up again. (laughs) <laughs> not by choice mind you not by choice yeah yeah no that's all a lie folks i fell asleep i'm sorry michael thank you for being so gracious and rescheduling <laughs> yeah i was like you know it was like oh my word it was a really long day uh i'm trying to remember exactly why but it was a something really exploded something exploded you said yeah what was it oh my sump oh that's what it was yeah my sump pump that's like a pump in your basement i don't know if you guys have those here but or have those there? No. Okay. So it's like all the water that surrounds your house. It like you know that would w- like seep into your basement if you didn't have this. Mm-hmm. All of that water goes into this hole in your basement. Then you pump it out, and so this pump pumps it all out. And if the pump stops working, then the water just fills up and floods your basement. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, 
pretty much. I got very fortunate that I was able to catch it pretty quickly. And I have a secondary pump that I hooked up and started running that so that it wouldn't flood everything. But I was mm-hmm. up till like 2 a.m., had to go out and buy another sump pump real quick and replace a bunch of crap. It was a mess. <laughs> and so, yeah, the next day I was absolutely exhausted and just was like, oh, I'm just going to lay down for five minutes. And then I fell asleep for an hour and a half. And that didn't work out. Well. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, sorry. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, you did all the show notes in advance now. So we have, or not all the show notes, but all everything, everything to talk about. So we should be all set to go here. So with that good mind, quick shout out to MailerSend, who's our sponsor for this episode. Thanks, MailerSend. We really, really appreciate it. We're going to be talking about them a little bit later on in the show. They basically make it really fantastic to send transactional email for your Laravel app. And so we'll talk about them just a little bit later. But for now, let's get started. Michael, I will give you the honors of talking about Laravel 8.64 because you put all this together. So you know what? You you go first. Gentlemen first. Here let's you go, my friend. Let's do it. Laravel 8.64 was released last week. Uh, first up on the docket, we have the new at aware blade directive, which allows child components to easily access parent component data when needed. So this is if you've ever wanted to sort of nest your components if you've got like a menu and you've got a menu item but you want to reach out to the, the the wrapping component to find out maybe an active state or something like that so that you don't have to pass the active state through to each, each individual menu item you can now use the at aware directive and that will essentially allow you to grab that from the parent component uh, that one was contributed by caleb pausio i'm pretty sure but that was in the docs ready to go Check that out if you've ever needed to reach up and around your parents. Yeah, it's interesting if 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 I can talk about it real quick. Yeah, so I was confused by this one when I first saw it. So like you have a you know you can pass a prop in at the parent level. So you say like color equals, and in this case it's like color equals purple, which is great. And then in the in that component like that you're passing that prop into, you then declare at prop and then the name of the prop, which would be color. But then you set a default value. You could say like you can pass in whatever you want, but you can set a default in that at prop directive that you'd pass in, or that you'd have in that in that mm-hmm. parent component. And then in the child component, you have at aware, and then use that same color, you know, thing. And then you can set a set a default value for that. So my confusion was around like, why are they passing? Like, it doesn't seem like you're passing the color if you're if you're if you know if you're setting the color in there, but it's not. That's just the default value that that you're looking at when you go and see the code here. So. So yeah, you just have to use at aware and then say, here's the key I'm looking for. And if it exists on the parent, it will pull it down into the child. So yep, makes sense once mm-hmm. I read it through a little bit. But when I first read it, I was like, that doesn't make sense. So there you go. If that helps yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I think that's all just consistent with uh, the attribute merging syntax that's that's in the components as well. Mm. Um, so where you could pass it, the defaults through and things like that, or, yeah. or at least merge the defaults in. So yeah, very nice. Although that example is doing something that is not recommended by Tailwind, and that is joining strings together uh-huh. to make dynamic class names. So if uh, true story, if you were running, you know, Tailwind's co- compilation step over that, that would cause you some issues. But right, yeah, it would purge out that, that, that color. Yeah, that text color. You well, wouldn't it have wouldn't, it. Wouldn't. Yeah, correct. That is correct. So something to be mindful of if you're doing that. Uh, next up. Craig Anderson contributed a strip tags stringable method to use PHP's underlying strip tags function as part of the Fluent string chain. So if you're using the string helper, the STR helper, you go string of something or other, and then chain strip tags on the end of that, 
string, uh, and then you'll be able to remove any of the HTML that's included in there nicely and easily, which wasn't available before, or it was available, but it was using it wasn't using the native script tags functionality. So thanks to Craig for that one. Uh, next up, Rodolfo Ruiz. Ruiz. Gosh, I really shouldn't have tried to do you that. Got it. Rodol- you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> he contributed Rodolfo. a lang path helper. He's, you've got to roll that R, which is always funny to me because Rhiannon cannot roll her R's. <laughs> uh, so she's got no hope of ever learning to speak Polish, unfortunately. Nice. Rodolfo contributed a lang underscore path helper that will look for the lang directory in both the resources path and a top-level lang folder in the root of a Laravel project. Hmm. So if you ever need to reference the path to the language resources directory, you can use the lang path helper for that. Ahmad Mayahi contributed a throw if method that accepts a Boolean flag to only throw an exception if the value pass evaluates truthy. So this is a throw if method on the HTTP client. So you could say, um, you know, response JSON and then throw if app is production. So you can check to see, you know, you only want to throw exceptions in production or you only want to throw them in development or whatever. You can do that on the HTTP client now. Um, and the last thing that we have here from uh, Craig Anderson again, again is a collection has any method. So this is a has any method that has been added to the collection classes, which will return a boolean if the collection contains any of the past values. That's kind of so nice. You just go uh, collect, and then your your collection there, and then has any, and then specify. You know, does it have any of first or second or first or fourth? And it will then return a boolean value if any of those exist in the collection i can see that being quite helpful that, hmm, indeed yeah i usually use like an array intersect in that such situation where it's like mm-hmm. and then i do array intersect and then check to see if it's then you have to empty. then you have to do some juggling where you've got to go oh, and figure sure. out like yeah, does yeah. The, the the number of elements matches that is it empty is it not empty and things like that so this is mm-hmm. a nice nice way, way to deal with that so yes indeed thanks to craig for that that is the nice job, uh, all we've got here in in the in the article but you can see a complete list of new features and updates which we'll include a link to in the show notes. Craig Anderson, you're the real MVP. You're the MVP this week, man, on the 8.1 release. Or no, is it 8.1? 8.4. 8.64 Nice job, Craig. And he's got a picture of him with, um, you know, the guy from Star Wars, um, Harrison Ford. <laughs> What's his face? The guy. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? What's his face? Han Solo. Thank you, Han Solo. So how can you not like that? Okay. The reason I said 8.1 is because I was confused with this next one I'm going to be talking about, which is that PHP 8.1 is now supported in Laravel sales. So Laravel added 8.1, PHP 8.1 support to Laravel sale earlier this week. Uh, PHP 8.1, just quick mention, is not ready for production yet. It is in a release candidate phase. So it is out there ready for you to do testing on your applications and your packages and so this is allowing you to get ready for the general general release, uh, which is going to be in November. So special thanks to Dries Vince. This dude is always on top of this stuff. We really, really appreciate his work keeping this, uh, keeping all uh, us all up to date. Uh, he gives a quick, or let's see, Paul Redmond, everybody's favorite human, gives us a quick tutorial on how to update your sale project to use 8.1 um, and some things that you might run into in the case that you are switching to 8.1 a little bit early. Also, I didn't see this mentioned here, but I'll say it. Uh, Forge also has the ability to support uh, PHP 8.1. So you can install PHP 8.1 straight onto your Forge server and um, 
I also am really liking the feature on Forge that you can switch individual sites to different PHP versions, which has been super cool. So we are migrating everything to PHP 8. We're getting really close. And so all I have to do in order to make that happen is go into Forge and say, go to the site, go to meta, and then say PHP version, PHP 8. Done. And then it just works. It just does uses PHP 8 then. So now you can do that with PHP 8.1. Install it, try it, and away you go. Pretty nice. All right. Definitely check it out. There's a there's Absolutely. been a lot of lot of work. There's some there's been some discussion in in the recent few weeks. You know, the Taylor tweeted that he's got you know Dries and Nuno working Nuno. through getting the Laravel framework up and running on on PHP 8.1, and just there's lots of miscellaneous things that are deprecations that you know should be or the the you know breaking changes effectively in the 8.1 release. So there's been a lot of work that's gone into not only getting Laravel itself up and running, but also all of the dependencies and lots of, you know, open source contributions back to different packages that the Laravel depends on to make sure that, that everything is sort of compatible with PHP 8.1. So congratulations to, well, good, good work to the, the Laravel team and anyone and everyone that's involved with getting everything up to scratch for Laravel 8.1. It's certainly going to make things easier for, you know, us as consumers of the framework when it comes time to, to upgrading um, and, and getting all the support stuff in place, you know, having Laravel sale available to, you know, support PHP 8.1, having, you know, the ability to deploy to a real server on Forge with 8.1 and things like that makes things a lot easier to, to smooth out that transition. So hopefully we're not too far away, given that Symfony is due to release next month and then Laravel in, uh, in February of next year. So plenty of time to iron out the last kinks. Indeed, indeed. All right, on to the packages. All right, folks. Laravel subscribable notifications. So as we said, this is a package by one of our very good friends, Mr. Andreas Santabanez. Andreas, how's it going, man? Long time no talk. You used to like watch the show when we stream it and all that fun stuff. Where are you, Andreas? Miss hanging out with you. All right. So this didn't he have a second child? What did he I don't boy. I thought he had more than two kids, but I think yeah, definitely at least two. Didn't didn't he add a child recently? Oh, maybe, maybe probably got yeah, his hands I full. Think so probably, yeah, he probably does have his hands full. Uh, anyway, hey, here's the package: subscribable subscribable notifications is a package by Andreas Santabanez that allows you to subscribe your app's users to your app notifications and then dispatch them without specifying the recipient. So. Uh, the main goal of the package is to enable you to create lists of recipients for your notification classes and then dispatch notifications to your users easily. So at a high level, the example would be something like uh, you could say notification send and then pass an array of users and then new order shipped. Or you could just say notification equals new order shipped and then you'd say user one notify, user two notify, user three notify. Okay. So uh, setting up notifications to use this package, uh, all you have to do really is add two different traits. Uh, or sorry, a trait and an interface. And that's it. It also supports subscribing and unsubscribing notification subscriptions. It's got a bunch of stuff in the readme for full details on setting it up and using it. Uh, so it makes it really, really nice to be able to just send those items quickly and easily. So instead of having to do like user notify, you could just do send and then pass in the values passing the users yeah kind of nice kind of nice kind of nice yeah okay shopify api you're up my friend shopify laravel shopify is a package to communicate with the shopify api from laravel applications there are some examples here from the project's documentation overview 
But basically, you're spinning up a new Shopify factory. So you can go Signify Shopify slash factory, colon, colon, from config. And then you can paginate all your products, get a number of products available to you, get all of the products, which gives you a collection of products, uh, create new products, get specific products, update products, and delete products. So this is really cool. I, I had a, a friend of mine ask, you know, what's the go-to in terms of building some kind of headless uh, e-commerce platform? And, and um, I know that, you know, Shopify has obviously spent loads and loads of time and money building out their platform so that anyone essentially can go and start up a shop and, and sell their things. But they've also got a, a pretty comprehensive GraphQL API from what I understand. And so being able to use Shopify and let your application users use Shopify to kind of manage all the products, but then build out a completely custom front end and UI um, using, you know, packages like the this Shopify one within a Laravel app means that you get the best of both worlds. You get something that your users can easily go and manage. And then you've got a completely custom website on the front end that, that can be built using the tooling that you're already familiar with. So definitely check this one out. It's a package from... I'll grab the source code here. I think we said Signify. Signify. So they're a uh, digital innovation agency based in, uh, they've got offices in Copenhagen and in Montreal. So definitely check that out if dealing with the Shopify API is something that is of interest to you. Can I hop back to the previous example? I think that we might need to go back and edit the um, blog post actually. Uh-oh. So the example that was given was, and this didn't, I was, when I was, I was reading it, I was like, is this right? I don't know if this is right. The way that I read it was the way that you can do it currently with Laravel notifications just by mm-hmm. default, right? And so the motivation that he's talking about uh, in his readme, which you may be able to identify with, I certainly can, is that you have a group of people, right, who need to be notified for a particular type of email report. So hey, our day-end process ran and here's the report that came out. Or, I don't know, something like that. That's literally like I, the ones that I'm thinking of, I have like three or four of those. Hey, all the users who checked in yesterday, here's the report of the people who checked in, right? And so what ends up happening is you have different people who change jobs within the organization. And so you have these hard-coded list of emails that you have to update each time you want to change who it's supposed to go to in your code. And it just gets annoying. And so... What this package does, it essentially allows you to, on a notification, say this dispatches to subscribers. Use dispatches to subscribers and then implement subscription, subscribable notification on that particular notification. And then what you can do is this has migrations and all that good stuff uh, to allow you to subscribe particular users to a notification. And then all you have to do is you just say like, you know, users that checked in notification colon colon dispatch. And it will just say, grab me all the users that should be notified about this and notify them, right? So you don't have to specify the users. It just looks at the database for that notification and says, who needs to get this? So instead of having to hard code those values, you can just throw them in the database and then manage them through the database rather than having to make a code change every time somebody changes positions, which I think is a great idea. And I'm going to send this in my Slack channel to my developers and we're going to implement this tomorrow. Thank you, Andreas Sanchez. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Uh, Advanced Eloquent Model Filters. Here we go. This is a package that gives you fine-grained control and reusable classes that you can use to filter eloquent models. The README has an example where perhaps you'd like to filter by the name column, right? Uh, And so what you can do here is you can say eloquent filters, colon, colon, make, and then you pass in a new 
name filter where you grab the request name and that name filter class is a reusable filter that you can reuse wherever you need to filter by the name right it doesn't have to be used on a particular model it can be used across a bunch of different models let's say you have three different models that all have a name and you want to be able to filter by this name so you have a constructor that accepts the argument and then you have an apply method uh, where you can then build out your query for how you would do a name filter so now it's reusable and you can use that anywhere you'd like to uh, across your application. So you can think of it like reusable scopes, right? So if you wrote a scope once where you wanted to say maybe mm-hmm. maybe a more common example might be where you're filtering by the created at date or something like that, where you'd say, give me any of these records that have been uh, created at between the last, you know, created in the last week, right? That would be a really good example of a reusable filter that I would use in a bunch of different places. So I want to know all the users that were created in the last week. I want to know all the timesheets that were created in the last week. I want to know all the orders that were created in the last week. Um, That would be a good example, maybe of an eloquent filter that you could use, but whatever. We've got some different, you know, the documentation specifies a couple of different things. So if that seems like something you might use, this advanced eloquent model filter might be a cool package for you to check out. Beauty. Next up, we have the ability to Search through models with Laravel Searchable. It's a package by, you'll never guess, it's Ooh. our friends at Sparsi. Oh, man. It allows us to search through models and other sources pragmatically. Using the package, you can get structured results back from multiple eloquent models. And there is an example from the readme uh, where you can essentially say new search and then chain on register model and then the number uh, the the models that you want to register as the first parameter. So user colon colon class, blog post colon colon class, whatever. And then you specify as the second and subsequent parameters. So it's a, a variadic function. You can pass a name to the, to the user and a title to the blog post and then just type search and then whatever the search input is. And then that will go and search each of the registered models for that specific field and a matching record for that field. You can search for multiple columns either by passing, as I said, multiple parameters as variadic or as an array of model attributes in that second parameter. So uh, definitely check that out if you ever needed to be able to search easily across multiple eloquent models. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to take a quick second here to thank our sponsor, MailerSend. So MailerSend is transactional email for your Laravel apps. It bundles a Laravel driver along with a really well-developed email API. It's intuitively designed so that you can create responsive, and personalized email templates while easily taking care of the backend variables. It's super easy to integrate them into your stack and the clean API documentation will help you to make calls to API endpoints. And also you can sign up for free to send 12,000 emails a month along with 24 seven support from experts who can help you out. The official Laravel driver means that you don't have to reinvent the wheel when sending emails from your apps. They also offer official SDKs for a bunch of different programming languages like PHP, Go, Python, Ruby, Java, Node, so that you don't have to use a different service for each one of these. You can use one amazing service for all of your different applications that you need to use. Uh, It also is super intuitive, so anyone on your team can create emails. So marketers, for example, can work on email templates using a drag and drop editor, and developers can then focus on the backend, uh, like defining variables for personalization. One of the main benefits that sends MailerSend apart is it's got extensive logging capabilities so that developers can search real-time activity feeds to troubleshoot sending issues. I'm not sure if you guys have ever had this problem. I definitely have, where I need to know what emails that I send and to who and when. 
right? What was the what was the data I sent them? You can check the status of any of these emails to see if they were delivered or bounced. You can filter them by the recipient, subject line, date range, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, as we talked about as well, you get this amazing 12,000 emails for free each month. So definitely check them out. Try it out. No extra charge. You can just get on there and get started today. Thanks a bunch, Mailer Send. We appreciate it. Beauty. Beauty indeed. Laravel authentication logs by Anthony Rappa. I don't think there's a role on that R, but I just, you know, <laughs> it's the theme. We're going with it. It's fun. It's fun to roll the R. You want to talk about that one, my friend? I can. Laravel authentication logs is a package that tracks user authentication details. It'll track things such as login and logout time, the IP address, browser, and location, as well as sending out notifications via mail, Slack, or SMS for new devices and failed logins. So if you've ever received new login notifications from services like Netflix, this is an excellent way to keep your users informed when new logins occur. The time of writing this package has notifications for new device logins as well as failed login attempts. By simply using the authentication loggable trait provided by the package, you get access to a uh, the API that gives you access to authentication logs. So you can get the last login at, the last successful login at, the last login IP, the last successful login IP, as well as previous login at and previous login IPs. So this is always a good security conscious feature to add, especially if it's likely that you've got uh, you know, users or unlikely even that you've got users logging in from all over the place, getting them in control of their own accounts. It makes it easier to spot unfortunate things such as breaches of uh, passwords and, and things like that. So definitely check that out. Save yourself having to implement it yourself. Absolutely. Hey, we've got another package here about uh, eloquent queries. Uh, we've had, let's see how many have we had so far now. We've had advanced eloquent model filters, uh, search through models with Laravel searchable. And now we've got serialization for Eloquent's query builder. So this is a package to serialize and unserialize Eloquent query builder objects. Uh, so the Eloquent serialized service has two methods, serialize and unserialize. So the following simple query, uh, given this, you can serialize the builder results. So you'd say Eloquent serialize, and then you call the static method, serialize on that. And then all you do is you just make your query. So in this case, we'd say post with author limit one. Okay, so that's going to uh, build out a query uh, for you. It's going to have uh, the builder results that come back from that. And then that from that serialized data, you can then get back an eloquent builder instance. So this is interesting. It could be helpful if you needed like cache or store a query for users as serialized data and then later need to retrieve the results back into an eloquent builder object. I'm not exactly sure when that would need to be done. But it seems interesting, right? So instead of just saying, give me the IDs of those and then fetch those IDs, you're actually serializing the builder itself and then mm -hmm. rehydrating that, right? That builder, which yeah. is interesting. If you're not wanting to cache necessarily the results of a query because they can become stale over time, but you want to cache the the parameters of that query itself if you're there building you up dynamic you know, lookups, you can do that it this way. Sense. And that way you can put this, uh, there's, there's an application that I work on for one of my side projects or, you know, side clients that um, we, we do store the the parameters of the, of the like the get query mm -hmm. in the database so that they could like re revisit a thing. It's a way of keeping history and, and rerunning reports and things like that. So this way allows you to serialize the query builder itself rather than manually pulling in, you know, all of those query parameters 
and then you can store it in cache or the database or, or whatever so that you can then replay it later if you needed to. That's really so interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a handy way of going about it. Um, and that way you can say, you know, if you wanted to save specific reports to rerun later, you just yeah. save that serialized value in the database and say, you know, give it a name if you wanted to and then say, I want to rerun this report and off you go. So that's a, that's a handy feature, a handy package. So uh, thanks to Nick. Nick from Russia. I get, yeah. Yes, that is interesting. Hmm. I'm trying to think through different instances where I could use that now. That's how it always works, right? You get to <laughs> see all these packages and you're like, where could I use that? Yeah. And then uh, eventually my apps become so difficult to upgrade because because I have like a hundred packages in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You're you're <laughs> nodding, nodding your head. You you can feel my pain. Yep. Yep, 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 All right, man. All right. On, on to, to the tutorials. On to tutorials. First one here is one Chris Fidel's been doing a bit of writing. He's in he's he's resurfaced after I guess stabilizing the, the two child scenario. Uh, at at home now so he's been doing a lot of content he's been knocking out you know posts for for laravel news he's been putting out content with regards to you know aws and cloudcast that he's that he's working on at the moment so uh he starts this one one morning i woke up to slack notifications that's never a good sign and i i I, this happened to me the other day as well so i agree with him overnight his redis instance had filled up completely where they're using redis for two things station storage and caching bits and pieces so Chris uses Table Plus to see what he can in Redis. It's a bit, if you've ever looked, like it's nice that Table Plus provides the ability to connect to Redis, but it's not necessarily the easiest way to peruse your data because Laravel is using random hashes as part of cache keys and payloads are often encoded and or encrypted. So there are two different Redis databases often configured, DB0 and DB1. So you can find in your database config file, database.php file in your config directory, what these are. Um, and then you can go and figure out what is happening in there. Uh, so whether you're using cache or sessions and things like that. So he went through figuring out what was creating all of these extraneous sessions, what blew up Redis, what caused it to run out of memory, what caused it to, you know, whatever. Um, and then he talks about reducing sessions that are created, for, you know, for things that don't need to be sessionized. Um, and, you know, this in this context of this post, it was static assets that were, running through the the web middleware and then obviously that starts and stops sessions and things like that. So anytime it was something was requesting a static asset, it was creating a new session, which was then going into Redis, which was then causing issues. So definitely check that out if you would like further context than my very high-level explanation of the post. Um, Chris has always got some valuable content and, and solving some real problems. So definitely keep an eye out for him and give him a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. He's at Fideliper. Yeah, this is interesting because basically what he has is they had cl- they had clients that were using an existing URL. So they couldn't just go and break that URL. So they had this mm-hmm. problem where they have this default middleware stack that's being applied to the web.php route. And so really the the title is custom route files. And so what he ended up doing is he ended up breaking out a new route file that he called static.php and then loaded that into the kernel with a different middleware stack. So mm-hmm. I've never done that before. But uh, one of the other folks on my team has, he has like a development.php uh, routes file that only gets loaded up in development. And so it's a set of like, you know, it's still got the web middleware stack on it, but it's just for a couple different things that we can see in development only. Uh, so he mm-hmm. talks about how they accomplish this. That's a really clever way to accomplish that, right? Without losing the URL, you would have to like put it in slash API. No, thanks. So mm-hmm. how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Put it into yep. a static file. Good idea. Good idea. 
All right, we've got Laravel GitHub Actions here. So this tutorial shows you how you configure GitHub Actions to run your PHP unit tests, how to deploy after your test pass, and a couple other things. And it also shows you how to connect it to a database like MySQL, Postgres, SQLite to run your test suite. Uh, and so really, there's this is by Kirschbaum Development. They've had a couple different blog posts that they've been writing recently. And uh, it looks like they actually have a Docker container specifically for this purpose, which they have Laravel Test Runner 7.2, 7.3, and 7.4. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's interesting. I'm guessing that's... I, I'm trying to just put my head around this. That's uh, is that Would that be for Laravel 7. I mean, it seems like this nah. may be just... No. Uh, I don't know. I think it's I'm not sure. PHP, no, PHP versions, I think. Mm, yes, Surely. that would make more sense. Hmm. Yes, Docker sense. container with PHP 8 and extensions to be compatible with most Laravel applications. Also installed on this container, we have Composer and Node, NPM, Yarn. Gotcha. So, yeah, these, so are, yeah, these are just some opinionated Docker containers for running your tests uh, in, in GitHub Actions. So Yeah, you got it. Yeah, there's an, and there's a couple of different blog posts out there. Like I think the one that we followed was from Spassi. Spassi had like, hey, here's how mm -hmm. we set up our test dev environment or our, you know, our GitHub Actions environment. Uh, but Kirschbaum Development has their own set of stuff, which may, in fact, be simpler uh, and a little bit faster to set up. So, yeah, they've got here's how you configure ENV. Here's how you set up your GitHub workflow CI.yaml or however you want to name that. Here's how you would use Postgres or SQLite instead of MySQL. Here's how you can compile assets. Here's how you can deploy your code after the fact. And here's how you can use a badge to show in your readme if your tests are passing or not, right? You've got mm -hmm. a couple different things too about configuring Laravel Nova in your pipeline. So if you've got Laravel Nova and you need to authenticate Composer before you install dependencies, you have to configure Nova authentication. Um, and so you can do that through here too. So Louis Dalmolin, uh, Louis Dalmolin, yep, is a senior developer at Kirschbaum. So he uh, wrote this one up. If you've not <laughs> used GitHub Actions yet, by the way, we just switched to using GitHub Actions for everything. We were using Travis before. GitHub Actions is way freaking faster. And mm -hmm. also, you can run them in parallel, right? So you can run your Laravel tests in parallel because you have Laravel, you know, test parallel, whatever now. But then you can also run your Dusk tests next to your unit tests at the same mm -hmm. time, which makes it yeah. go way faster too. So yeah, I've been very pleased with it. It works really well. Hey, mm -hmm. folks, that's all we've got today. Uh, shout out again to MailerSend. Thanks so much for the sponsorship. And thanks for all of you wonderful people out there who keep doing all the work of making our community awesome. Thanks to the Laravel team for uh, all their work on 8.1 and all their stuff to get us on the latest versions and keep us happy with all the new features that are coming in 8.1. And then all of you who uh, work on packages and tutorials and stuff, you're the you're the people who make this such a great place to do development. We appreciate that you. Is, that is. We thank that you all. It is. Absolutely. All right. Show episode 153 here. If you'd like the show, we would appreciate a five-star rating in your podcast of choice. That'd be awesome. Show notes can be found at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 153. And if you uh, want to talk to us, hit us up on the Twitters at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at Laravel News. Until next time, my friends, we'll see ya. Yeah, bye.